Hi, I'm Cleo, and this is the Omega Sports Women's Only Podcast, a podcast that's created to address common questions, concerns, and topics that help women stay active, stay healthy, and thrive. We're going to spend time with a collection of experts, brands, and community leaders that are helping women live their best lives. We'll be covering everything from sports, fitness, health and fashion, to inspirational and empowering stories from our neighbors. Now, in this episode, I am excited, of course, once again, because we'll be talking to none other than the Miss Kelly Gaines. She's the executive director of USTA North Carolina. Secretly in my head, Kelly and I are best friends because I play tennis in my head and we all know that's not true. Say hi to everyone. Hey, Cleo. Hello <laughs> to everybody. You can play tennis for real, too, not just in your head. I don't know. In my head, I am a mega star. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sure helped me the other day. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was so great to see you in the store again. Kelly's been involved with tennis in some form since she was about 12 years old. It's a sport that has defined her life and career. Now, as she just mentioned, I met Kelly in my years working in the stores for Omega Sports, um, and I know just her name in general, just with everything having to do with tennis and USDA, I've heard Kelly Gaines' name just all around. <laughs> She's a mega star herself. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> if it's always good, you never know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll take the good. We'll take the good. <laughs> she got into tennis almost by accident. And it all started in the Fleet Plumber, which is coincidentally right next to the Greensboro Mega Sports Store. When I go into Fleet Plumber, I got to tell you, it's my happy place. Kelly, I'm telling me a little bit more about how that accident occurred. Well, I guess we have to go back to probably the 19, early 1970s when our family relocated to Burlington from Roanoke, Virginia. And uh, we were our family was building a house. And as I remember... Fleet Plumber, I think, was actually at the Friendly Center at the time. And we were in there. Mom and Dad were probably trying to pick out, you know, hardware for the cabinets. Something incredibly boring for a, you know, very uh, active, you know, nine, ten-year-old. And Fleet Plumber, even though that's my happy place as well, too, with all the clothes and all the stuff, it, it was a hardware store slash sporting goods store back then. It's hard to believe that, but it was. At least that was what I remember and uh, there was a neat tennis racket there. Now, I had no connection with tennis at, uh, at all, but there was a tennis racket hanging on, a, you know, kind of an end of the display. It had a, it was a Wilson Embassy. I just remember that. It had a, uh, a like one of those braces that you used to put on wood rackets. It had a cover, and it had three tennis balls. And I think my parents just bought it for me to just keep me quiet. I think that was all it was. But that racket came home with me, and... They were building our neighborhood out, and our next-door neighbors had a – they were putting a slab, a concrete slab driveway down, and we played over the lines like you would Foursquare with my wow. – and that was probably when I was about 10, and then it kind of went in, in the garage for a little while until uh, a little bit later. Wow. Now, that's crazy to just say, you know, let's just get her this racket. It'll keep her quiet while we're shopping. 
and then to take it and go and start playing in your neighbor's driveway. I mean, clearly you had a knack and you're athletic. So that speaks volumes. We moved into a neighborhood that was full of kids, kids my age, that we played every sport outside. Now, I don't think kids do quite that much anymore, but we wasn't necessarily organized by a parks and recreation. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't organized by parents. It was just organized by us. And we would compete at every ACC basketball game that was played. We'd run out and replay it out in the backyard on a basketball court. We played football. (laughs) We played all kinds of things. So I was just, you know, they sent me out to play. And that was, I think, survival for my parents uh, more than anything. But it did help me because I did so many different things, it did create what I call my athletic self, which is actually where kids need to to not specialize so early in life. They need to try everything. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm just convinced that playing all that basketball and football and tag and all of those things that we did, and I'm sure you did too in my backyard, probably has added to anything I could have done in, in, in my future. Absolutely. And I agree with something that you just mentioned about not always pigeonholing our kids into one sport so early on, because like you mentioned, when I was growing up, I only have one brother and he has, we have a bunch of sisters. We were forced to go out and play, you know, basketball and football and baseball and all the things that he wanted to play as well. Um, It kept us athletic and it kept us in shape, but also kept us busy, like go out and play. That's what my mom would say. That's right. Yeah, it, it was, uh, there was never, uh, we weren't going to sit inside and watch TV. And of course, video games hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> That's right. That, was, that wasn't a problem. <laughs> That's right. And the funny thing is you mentioned about playing in your neighborhood. Now, the I kind of had a little tennis experience. I must have been about 12 or 13. And I'm, you know, just walking around in our neighborhood. You know, I walked past this neighborhood park and they were having a tournament there for kids. And if you know me, I don't love sneakers. So I always had on either a flip-flop or some kind of sandal. And my friend said, well, why don't you go play? And they let me play tennis in my flip-flops. Wow. And mind you, Kelly, when I was done the next day, I had won the championship. How random is that? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. You would think tennis would be my game of sport, but I just, I prefer that, (laughs) for lack of a word, team of I sport where I can just run (laughs) by myself (laughs) and not have to do much. So that's where I get my happy place. So, (laughs) well, I think there's, you know, I think we all have to find what makes us happy. And I can tell you, my life, even, you know, as, as recent as just last night playing tennis, there's nothing better to me than hitting a tennis ball. I don't always hit it well. I don't always hit it perfectly, but there's just something about it that just, uh, that's, that is my complete happy place. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome to hear. And you did end up playing last night. I know you mentioned you weren't sure if you guys were to, uh, were going to, but, but all of your tennis and having the opportunity to play in your neighbor's driveway and all that, that pretty much changed your life. And tennis became a really big part of your life. What else has drawn you into tennis, like your love and your desire to also bring other people into it? Well, I think you know, from the very beginning as a kid, I, I found success fairly early. And I, I really think, I mean, I wasn't, 
I wasn't going to be, I was never thought I would be, you know, going to, on the pro tour or anything like that. But my main goal when I started playing was I wanted a college scholarship. And, you know, you've got to go back to, you know, my, I, I graduated from Williams High School in Burlington in 1980. And Title IX had passed and there were some changes that were being made to equalize the, the playing field for women. But, but it really had not even come close to even where, even where it was 10 years after that. But I went to a uh, small women's college in Raleigh, Peace College, which is now William Peace University, uh, and uh, it is now co-ed. But at the time, uh, it was a women's college, and I was really lucky because I, I knew I wanted to do that pretty early. I had uh, there were people that I knew that were going to play there. It was a opportunity to get a scholarship to compete against you know, NC State, Wake Forest, Davidson, you know, Carolina, you know, we, there was, there was not, it wasn't quite as, you know, there weren't, that the ACC was not quite the powerhouse that it is today by any means, but women's sports were just getting started. We played Guilford, we played all kinds of schools in Virginia, uh, around North Carolina, and uh, it was a really good opportunity to compete for something bigger than myself. I enjoy playing individually as a junior, but I really have enjoyed the team side of things. And I think uh, I think a lot of people would rather be on a team than just out there by themselves. But Peace gave me an opportunity not only to compete and to, to, to you know reach a dream of being a collegiate athlete, but Peace was a small school. I got to learn a lot of leadership skills and I was given opportunities that I would never have been given if I'd it for myself to go into a much bigger school right out of high school. So I was really, really lucky, really blessed to be able to do that. And I owe peace a great debt of gratitude today even. Um, so, um, but, but it was really a, a goal of mine to try to compete. I love playing for a high school team. I believe high school sports uh, are so great for no matter what level of athlete you are, you should compete at the high school for your school because it is something bigger than yourself. Right. And uh, the friends and the fun and tennis is just a place where I always find a friend no matter where I am in this country. I've always said, if you know, if you were to plot me in the middle of, a, a, you know, I don't even know, just let's just say Denver, Colorado, I would, the first place I would go would be to find a tennis center. And, <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting, Clea, that you said that you were walking by a park and they were playing tennis and they kind of, you know, grabbed you. And North Carolina and really throughout our country, we're blessed with a lot of public tennis facilities. And did you know that 70% of all tennis is played on a public court? So many people think tennis is a country club or a racket club sport, but actually there are more people playing on a public park court than there are on any other type of court. Wow. And um, so, you know, I think that's a kind of a, a barrier that we need to make sure people understand that that's already been broken, that you can play anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I think and, that's uh, important that you said that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yes. to go back to you saying about the 70 percent um, being played on public courts, like you're right. So many people have this misconception that you can't play tennis unless you belong to a club, the club sport. But there are tennis courts all over. Greensboro, Burlington, Sedalia, they're everywhere. And people just don't think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And the 70s saw a great tennis surge. And I'm, I'm sure part of my fascination with tennis came a little bit from that as well. But in the last 10 to 15 years, we have really seen uh, what I call a democratization of tennis, 
with incredible rise of league tennis for recreational adults. Everybody always thinks that you got to be really good to play. And, and, and honestly, tennis is for all. Tennis is for everybody. Tennis is for all levels. And league tennis has really provided the average player, the, the person, you know, an average player is a, you know, somewhere on an NTRP level between a 3-0 and a 4-0. Okay. And, and you know, that's, it's wide open. But, you know, what's so neat is with tennis being so adaptive, we are seeing there is so many opportunities for folks that are physically challenged or intellectually challenged to play tennis because of the adaptive equipment. Mm. And it allows kids and adults to start on a smaller court and then kind of get a little bit larger until you get on that 78-foot court. So, so that tennis court that they're playing on at Wimbledon and the way they play at Wimbledon, that is at the highest level. So that's like comparing yourself for you to go out and shoot hoops in your backyard to LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, yeah, You can't compare yourself to that, you know? And so tennis is actually just, we all are very much recreational. We do not look like Serena, Venus, Roger, Djokovic, Nadal. We don't look like that. And we look like a, a little bit less, I mean, not as, great to watch but it sure is fun to play yeah just fun to play I told someone um I'm sorry I was telling Diane Diane Irvin of course who was just like the darling of Greensboro's tennis I was telling her if you get me on that court it may look like a scene from the little rascals I'm just saying (laughs) doesn't matter doesn't matter you know tennis is for everyone and there is really a place for everyone to play and compete at their level and Winning and losing, you know, that's just part of life. But actual play is something we don't do enough of. And uh, keeping score and, and, and all that, that's fine. But just going out and enjoying your friends and, and, you know, walking off the court, whether you won or lost, and knowing that you did your best and you had fun and you'll be back the next day. Yeah, that's, that's the part the I think. Um, I'm sorry. I think that part is missing. Use the word fun. And some of that, I think, is missing and being edged out by everyone's competitive side and need to be the best one. I just want to have fun. I mean, of course you want to win. But if I had to have a great time, I forget about the part that I lost. I mean, I had fun. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't win much in the last 24 hours. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, we played with great friends. We walked off the court. We, we sat there. It was a hot, hot night. We had a little a little adult beverage and just enjoy <laughs> talking and getting to know one another. So it's, it's, it's about the fun. It's about the, you know, it is about the fitness because tennis can add about nine to 10 years to your life. That is, there are medical studies from Harvard, no less, that say that our lifespan, uh, you, we know that moving and you working for Omega Sports, you know that's a passion for you, I'm sure. Yes. And for those that you work with, to, to get people to move, I mean, that's the reason you exist. And and with tennis, we know that you, know, you can add up to, to nine years to your life. Your cardiovascular health is going to be improved. For me, my mental health. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot about my mental health <laughs> uh, and, and how, because I believe that's just as important as your physical health. And so we know there's studies that say that, you know, tennis does combine the right amount of, of physical and mental stimulation that provide, a, you know, a, a better health performance for you throughout your life. I mean, I think we're all going to, unfortunately, we will not live forever, but 
And we're all going to get something at some point, probably, but you go into it as healthy as you can be and Mm -hmm. it gives you a better shot. And tennis is just one of those sports that really does allow your body to have a full body workout and not just, you know, I, I know I'm a, I'm a runner and a walker, but tennis gets my whole body involved. So, you know, we just know that that's a, that's a, a very good side effect to add to that fun. And then, so we've got fun fitness. And, and of course, the friends of my lifetime have come through tennis that I've had put in my life or dear and have en- enhanced my life more than I can ever say. And yeah. I, I think not that all people, you know, that, you know, I'm sure basketball people say the same thing, but, <laughs> you know, I just tell you, there's, there's just tennis people. Tennis people are good folks generally and, uh, you know, want some of the same things out of life as, as I do. So I'm just very blessed that I, I, I still can't believe I've gotten to do some of the things I've gotten to do. Uh, that all of those are nice asterisks as you go down the line on why you love tennis. <laughs> and the one thing I didn't know is I knew you did a lot of teaching. I'm sorry, not teaching, but you did a lot of involvement with the USTA. I did not know that you were teaching tennis and had been teaching tennis. Like what brought you to teaching? Well, yeah, teaching was something um, I did when I was in college. I, I, it was kind of the thing where you were a college player, you your summer, you still had to have a summer job. So there were a lot of collegiate, still are a lot of collegiate tennis camps around North Carolina. And so I worked at some of those um, and kids from all over came to those camps. So I did that and that kind of got me interested. I know that I, I grew up at a playing at a club um, at Old Forest Racquet Club, which is in Elon. It's about 25 miles from Greensboro. And uh, the pros that were there would throw me in and let me help with kids' clinics and things like that. So I just kind of got my feet wet. And when I was going to college, I, I really did think I was probably going to maybe go into to be a lawyer, which now is kind of laughable. But <laughs> but I um, started teaching tennis and just thought that's kind of what I wanted to start out doing. So as all of my friends who were going to go work for accounting firms would dress up in their three-piece suits and their high heels to go off for their interviews, I would just continue to wear my tennis shoes and shorts and <laughs> go out to a club in, in uh, near Chapel Hill and teach. But but I went straight from literally uh, Sunday morning walking uh, through graduation at UNC Chapel Hill uh, at 10 in the morning to 2 o'clock in the afternoon that day working at Old Forest Racquet Club. And I worked there for a few months teaching. And then I got a, a head tennis teaching job in Raleigh the next spring and that was kind of a big deal because there weren't many women teaching like that and uh, I was just one of few that, that got that opportunity and now it's it's still we still need more women teaching tennis yeah we still need that that's it's not nearly to the level it should be but but I taught there for three years at a club in Raleigh North Hills Club which was uh, a racket club and it was uh, it was just a great experience for me as a head pro and I and then NC State I had was in that area and the uh, NC State assistant coach was going to leave and she had been a teammate of mine at Peace and she talked me into applying for her job. She was leaving to go to Europe to play and uh, so I got the job. I Just right place, right time. I'm so lucky. So for two years, I was the assistant men's and women's coach at State and then after two years, they, they basically split the programs. I took the women and the coach who had been there took the men so I was the women's tennis coach for, at, at state for six years, and wow. that was um, that was a very interesting time to be at North Carolina <laughs> State University. That was 
during a lot of Valvano stuff, which many some of your listeners may may remember, some may not. But uh, it was an interesting time. I learned a lot. I saw a lot of this country. So I traveled a lot for, for to play and to also recruit and got to know people all over the country. But, you know, then I was just really lucky. That was kind of coming to an end. And I just felt like there was something more I wanted to do. And, and I had been volunteering for USTA North Carolina, some junior committees and also on the board. And, and so the job came open to be the executive director. And again, I was just so lucky right place, right time. And I've been here ever since and been very, very blessed. The experiences I've had being uh, part of this organization, uh, the people and the experiences are, you know, there's hardly any words that I can put together that would do that justice. What a uh, journey is the best word I can express because, I mean, you've been all over and I do know Old Forest Racket Club down here in Burlington because I used to manage the Burlington store. So whenever someone says that, I'm like, oh, I know where that is. I know some people who belonged over there. That was a very nice place to play tennis over there in Burlington, Old Forest. Yeah, it, it was. It was a great place for our family. I, my mom and dad actually started playing tennis when I did. They they started running out there playing just to mainly. And they, that really, my sister played a little bit, but she mainly was more of a Cool person herself. She was a swimmer and a diver. Boy, I never did that much. But but our family, you know, and that's another thing about tennis. It's such a family sport. But mm-hmm. uh, but my mm-hmm. parents, you know, they uh, played for a long, long time. Neither were extraordinarily good. And and don't I don't want them to hear. I don't want. Well, my my dad's passed away, but my mom, I, she would probably say she wasn't very good. But they had fun. And the friends that they they have now in their life were friends they met then playing tennis. Amazing. So um, it, it has really carried uh, through not just my life, but theirs as well. But Old Forest was just uh, still one of my most favorite places on earth. Yeah. And I used to, I knew some, I know a lot of people who belonged there and played tennis there. And, and it was always so highly regarded. So I'm like, oh, what a beautiful place. It was very, very nice. Yeah. Very good people. Yeah. Yes. I know that when we were went through the pandemic last year, we had, you know, closed our store for, you know, like we were supposed to for the 30 days. But I have to tell you, during that time when we were closed and when we reopened all through last year and, you know, most of this year that we're in now, tennis exploded. Like it experienced a heck of a growth over this pandemic time. Like, why do you think that happened during, especially during the pandemic, that tennis just took off? Like, everyone was playing tennis. Right, right. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, we've seen that, as you could, you know, many different ways, anecdotally as well as with my eyes. It was interesting. Uh, our office is really close to Page High School, and they locked those courts down. <laughs> there were people somehow sneaking on those courts. But, but there was a study done last fall that that showed that. Uh, during the pandemic, tennis grew by 4 million people. Wow. And that was a study done <laughs> for the Physical Activity Council that uh, surveyed uh, a lot of sports. It was, it's a combination of lots of sports that, that creates that, that what they call the PAC study. And, and, and tennis was by far one of the fastest and largest benefactors of growth uh, during the pandemic. And we also saw that, you know, I think you you can you can speak to this as you just said. I think the third quarter of 2020 was almost 40 some percent higher in racket sales mm-hmm. than the quarter of third quarter of 2019. 
And what was that? And that was great. And those were a lot. And I, I, you know, out at Spencer Love, you know, I played a, I played a lot during the, during the summer. I've played more in the last year than I've probably played combined in, in all of the uh, last 10 or 15 years, just because I haven't traveled as much. Yeah. And my schedule was not as heavy. But I think the reason that a lot of this has happened is because, first of all, you couldn't get more socially distanced than hitting a tennis ball with somebody else. You were with family. That's right. A lot of people went to play with family. So it was a safe, it was not only safe from a medical standpoint, but safe from nobody's going to be that mean to you if it's your family. You know, you feel more comfortable. And it was just, and like we just said a little while ago, 70% of tennis is, is played on public parks. We have so many courts that are just sitting out there. What did we all want to do in June? Is we wanted to, of 2020, we wanted to run outside as fast as we could. Yeah. And so to find tennis courts. And you know, so one of the indicators from that, from that uh, sporting goods uh, manufacturer study about the racket sales was also the stringing sales were out of, out of sight. <laughs> people pulled out a racket from the closet and went, Ooh, I got to get this restrung. And so I think it was just a combination of all, you know, of just being so cooped up and, and being able to do something that was very safe and socially distant outside. And again, fun. I had many people tell me with, without even going through a study or seeing a sport, sporting goods manufacturing survey, I, I've just had people tell me, wow, I started playing tennis again. I mean, this is like a church mm-hmm. it's in the grocery store, just, oh, yeah. you know, out and I live uh, in a neighborhood where I'm, it's a lot of running trails and walking trails. And of course I never had seen so many people out walking, which was great, but yeah, people just know I have something to do with tennis and they'll just say, Oh, I started playing again. So the key is now Cleo is we got to keep these people playing Mm -hmm. because it is vital for our health, as we've said, for our physical and mental health. But, but it's, you know, it's just, I think it's going to just be a wonderful activity that gives kids a life lesson. And I think it gives adults life lessons too. You got a problem solved pretty quick. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We have to do that anyway. On the spot. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. I was looking at Wimbledon yesterday. I'm actually looking at just some highlights that I saw on ESPN. And I noticed one of my favorite players, Federer, he's done. That hurt my feelings because he lost. But do you have any favorites in the men's and women's game or any players that, you know, are at the top of your list? Uh, well, Roger Federer was, is at the top of my list. And that was sad to see uh, him, him leave, yeah. lose yesterday. The young man that, that beat him, of, of course, I cannot say exactly his name, was actually the Winston-Salem Open winner from 2019. Young, wow. Young but, but, yeah, Roger and, and Nadal, I mean, those two guys have done so much for our sport. They, Roger Federer is just a class act. He's just a class act. And, and no matter what sport he played in, I'm sure he would be the gentleman that he is. And it is sad to see. But what is exciting is that there are so many folks in that coming through in that next generation. And same with the women. I mean, Serena, Venus, how, how grateful are we all to oh my gosh. the champions they've been and the examples, you know, that they've been for, uh, for success. But yeah, we've got a lot of women. Our women, our women's bench is really deep, deep in the U.S. Mm-hmm. There are, we are beating, you know, we're, we're at that point where we're knocking each other out a good bit. I think the men's bench will get deeper, but right now I, I think the women is, there's just so many outstanding women that are, 
uh, really going to break through. And it's hard to say, you know, Coco Goff, I mean, I watched her in 2019. She and Ash Barty played the exhibition match in uh, in Winston-Salem. I don't know if you remember that during the Winston-Salem Open. And uh, Coco Goff at 15 spent wow. some time with us. She was able to spend a little bit of time and be a, do a guest appearance for us at our high school and middle school play day that we run over there during that week. And poise she had even at 15. And I, I think if you see her now, she is going, she's an explosive athlete with a lot of pieces. She's, I think it's really good though that she is slowly getting better instead of running out her first time and winning mm-hmm. and having a lot of pressure. I think. You know, Naomi Osaka is not an overnight success, even though some of us hadn't heard a lot about her. But, you know, she came up through the junior ranks, the ITF ranks, and I think she's going to be an incredible champion. And I I really applaud her for doing what she needs to do for herself. Yes. Uh, That's got to be overwhelming. You know, one minute you're just, you know, walking down the street. (laughs) The next minute everyone's around you, you know. Yeah. So they've all got to, you know, they've got to have a – a good support system around them. But I think the women's game is going to be, for the U.S., it's going to be so many different champions that we'll have a hard time choosing which one we pull for. That's right. And on the men's side, with uh, a lot of those young men that are that are playing, you know, they're, they're, they're citizens of the world, and they're, they're doing great things for tennis. And it's going to be a – the future is really bright for our sport, I believe, really bright. Yeah, I think it's going to be very exciting to see these – you know, next players transitioning in to see these young ladies come out and, you know, they've watched some greats as they grew up playing through the ranks. And now it's like, it's amazing. And to circle back to what you said about Osaka, it is so important. And I want to stress this to people to make sure that you take care of you. Because when you go from just everyday playing to becoming a star, what people want from you changes. So you need to make sure you focus on your mental health, your physical health, and all of those things. And I do applaud her as well for making sure she puts herself first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well, let's circle back to something else that's important is USTA, NC, or like we like to say, United States Tennis Association of North Carolina, was founded in 1973. And its singular mission is to promote and develop the game of tennis in North Carolina. And you've been a part of that whole scene since 1995. Is that correct? That's correct. The uh, Our company, USTA North Carolina, was actually incorporated in 1973, but has a little bit deeper history than that. But but really, the reason that it was incorporated at that time, I think what I've been told by my historians is because they were getting ready to lay the groundwork to help be part of the Spencer Love Tennis Center. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, for many years, North Carolina tennis was basically uh, a box <laughs> that traveled around from president to president. And uh, in, in, in the mid-70s, there was a little bit more work to be done with tournaments and rankings and things. And so the original home was the Raleigh Racquet Club uh, in a secretary's office. Wow. But in 19, late 1970s, the Spencer Law was built, the, 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 you know, the courts right here in Greensboro that we're we're right here at. They were being built, and there was going to be a building there. And at the time, the Parks and Rec director went to the one of the uh, leading folks in Greensboro with North Carolina tennis. His name was Alan Morris. I don't know if that is a very historical name, but uh, Alan then broached the subject with uh, the then president, Marshall Happer, and things were set into motion. 
that when the building would be completed in 1979, that half of that building over there would have the North Carolina, North Carolina Tennis Hall of Fame along with a few offices for North Carolina Tennis Association or USTA North Carolina. When I was hired in 1995, that's where I worked. That was our little tiny place. And uh, we moved, we, we left the Hall of Fame there in 1998 and moved over to kind of a nondescript office park in off of Spring Garden Street. But then in 2004, we bought the building we're in now, which is on Henry Street, right across the lake from Page High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been here and the Hall of Fame is here with us. But we serve tennis in North Carolina. We uh, are responsible for the programs that USTA runs in North Carolina, league tennis, tournament tennis, junior team tennis, uh, many different programs that for social leagues, for uh, tennis on campus, we do camps to help juniors get better. Uh, we do all kinds of things. And so we're, we're located, you know, our office is here, but we serve the entire state. And we left the tennis center. We've talked about going back towards one, but we basically feel like our mission is to go out to these tennis centers and do our work there. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we, we spread around. We, we move around the state quite a bit, I can assure you. Yeah, that's amazing. And sometimes, like you said, you have to go out and get it instead of being in one central place and, you know, trying to get people to come. And I think it's amazing the things you guys do at uh, Spencer Love. There's so many young people that come in into our stores with their parents to purchase their rackets. And, you know, they talk a lot about Spencer Love. We have a uh, relationship with the guys up there. So we used to come up there sometimes whenever they had events that they have for the kids. So I am definitely a fan. Definitely a fan. Well, North, North Carolina is really lucky. We have a lot of top-notch public facilities uh, in North Carolina, and, and, we're, and we've got good folks who run them. So we're very, very lucky. That's awesome. I do have a question for you, though, because I know that earlier you mentioned about you wanting to be a lawyer. And <laughs> yeah. do you, so I know people, so in our minds, all of us, and everyone can raise their hands because it's true, in our minds, we have the thing that we want to do and then the thing that we love to do. And the awesome part for you is you're getting to do the thing that you love to do. Do you have any regrets about that? Oh, no, not at all. Woo-hoo. I think the lawyer <laughs> thing, <laughs> that was kind of funny. But I think that, that you know, there are most people that, that live their lives and they have a job. And they, they go to that job in the morning and they come home in the evening. And that's, you know, that's eight hours of their day. But that's just not what really, really gets them excited. And, and I'm one of those people, I don't really have a job. I have a lifestyle. And it was interesting when I got married, I've been married a long time. And, but my husband, you know, is one of those people that has a job. And I think it was hard for him to understand that tennis, what I did kind of bled through every part of what I do. And I just think that I'm one of those people that just got lucky. I don't, I just, I thank the good Lord every day that you know, he puts me around people, with people, and in a situation. I mean, I almost can just be very emotional about it, to be honest, that I'm so lucky that I get to do that. And no, so no regrets whatsoever. And and I think the legal profession was probably pretty lucky, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Stop it. 
everybody's loving <laughs> you in tennis and you would have been great in the legal profession. So <laughs> oh, you're, you yeah. are like, let me tell you people, if you've never met Kelly, when you meet her, she is infectious in the way that she's easy to talk to, especially if you're talking to her about tennis, she's very welcoming. So I have no doubt that if she had gone into law, that she would have been successful there as well. I mean, you just have that spirit about you. So let's embrace it. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's your kind words, Leah. You, you're right back at you, too. Oh, right you're back sweet. You. Yeah, we, we, I just think, you know, that you've got, you know, there's a, I think there is a perfect storm when you have a passion, you have uh, a skill set, and that all the, both of those things, enable you to make a living that's right <laughs> not that money is the whole thing but you know wells fargo does would like me to pay my mortgage monthly but you know i think that you know that that when that comes together and that's rare for folks that you can get their passion and what they're good at and enable to to create a life for them that's it, very very lucky and and i really encourage uh folks to you know to really pursue what makes them happy and yeah, and that's gonna that could be many different things. And but I'm just really lucky. I found my passion pretty early in life, and and I had a family. You know, my my mom and dad. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you know, they aren't perfect humans, but boy, they were perfect for me. And Ooh, amen to that. Yeah, they could not have been more helpful or supportive. But there were just so many other people around that you know, family, friends, and you know, the right high school coach and the right college coach and just so many people around me that I was so lucky and still am. Well, still am today. the other great part is you are going to be and have been that person for other people. You have to think about that too. You are other people's reasons for why they play tennis, why they love tennis, why their kid plays tennis. You have to embrace that part about you too. Well, thank you. Claire. If that would be true, I would, feel very honored and very blessed. Yep, absolutely. Well, we, we can't do anything because I want to talk about the exciting partnership between USTA NC and Omega Sports. It's exciting. Are, this is really, really a good thing. You know, we've, Omega is has been such a good player of tennis for, you know, for many, many years. I, you know, in the old, you know, very beginning days, you know, pro shops were, you know, where you went to buy all your tennis stuff. But over time, that's not been quite the same. So Omega is, I really appreciate Omega. And um, and you mentioned Diane Urban earlier. <laughs> Diane is, is the woman to know, but you do uh, really do strive to, to uh, stock what the tennis player wants. And I know, you know, I walk in there many times. I don't always get you when I walk in, but, you know, whoever works there always asks a lot of questions. And I think it would, it would be whether I was ever looking at soccer balls or, or whether I'm buying my running shoes or whatever. There's a lot of questions being asked to make sure I get the right product. That's and, awesome. Uh, and I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a, a really a strong credit to the culture that you have at that store. And, uh, and Omega is not, you know, obviously Greensboro is a, is a flagship, but, you know, it's just so great that you can go many different places in North Carolina. Seven, I think you have seven stores mm -hmm, now. That's correct. You know, you can go just in about any of our cities and be able to run in and get your racket strung, but also grab a can of balls or, or like with me the other day, just trying to find the right shoes. Yeah. I think I did, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw your email. I was like, yes. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. 
Well, we are just as excited as you guys are to have this partnership and to grow the sport. Out of this partnership, what, what do you guys see coming out of this partnership with us? Well, I think you know one thing that our, we have to let folks know, and I, I hope this is okay and, and it's appropriate for me to say that if you go in and you buy tennis equipment from Omega, our USTA members get a 15% discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let me just say this, yes. is that we have for many years gotten a 10, mm-hmm. but this deal has allowed it to get a 15, and what's going to happen is that extra five is going to come back into our uh, into our, into our community Wow! and help grow tennis, and that's what it's all about. We want to see more tennis players out there, and we want to have, you know, them to have the right equipment, and your, you know, your staff is always fairly knowledgeable about the right racket or the right shoes mm-hmm. or and then of course you know you got the clothes and we all got to look good the, oh now that's the I, key I, I, <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, we, also, we may not play quite like roger Federer <laughs> and serena williams but we can look as good that's for sure so but i think this will enable us to really help do some good things at the community level to give something back to our players yeah absolutely and i know our players really appreciate it Absolutely. I do want to point out to our listeners that the shoe that Kelly tried into the store last week when she was with me, she tried on the Hypercore Express 2 by K-Swiss. I told her, awesome shoe. It's been doing great things. And for what she was looking for, she had a wider toe box because she likes that extra space, wanted some cushioning in the forefoot and something that is durable. And that's what we put her in. And she really, really likes it. Yeah, if I was having a little trouble. Uh, I talked. I've been playing a long time, and you know, if anybody's doing math and they've added it up, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm heading to, I'm heading to my 60th year, and you know, this body's taking a beating. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. It gets harder. <laughs> yeah, you got to take good care of yourself. Yes. and, and you know, even as an aging athlete, you know, we're all aging from the minute we start. I guess, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's it's important to your feet and your knees, your legs with tennis and Anything else you do, running, you know, they take a beating. That's so you right. Gotta make sure you take care of them. That's right. You touched on some really solid points about our partnership. I want to remind people that they can go to nctennis.omegasports.com. Go there so you can sign up, and you'll be able to get the 15% off the tennis items online and in the stores. The only thing that does exclude tennis balls, but just about everything else, tennis is included. So it is a great discount. I think that's wonderful that the 5% is going back into the organization. That's one way to make it a twofold. You know, you get your discount and then something you're giving back to the community as well. Um, community of tennis. So um, I think it's amazing. We're, we're it's really, amazing. we're really thankful and really excited about that partnership. And thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Worked hard on that. that yeah, great. it was great. I know that the Winston-Salem Open is coming up, which we are, we've been involved in that for a very, very long time. Tell us, you know, when that is and, you know, who can participate? Is it local? You know, does people come from all over? Like, tell us a little bit about the Winston-Salem Open. Sure. Well, the good news is uh, we will be at 100% and pretty much uh, it'll be close to normal from a spectator's perspective. The tournament runs August 21st through the 28th. Awesome. That's the uh, that's Saturday and the and most of Sunday is qualifying, and then main draw matches I believe will start on Monday on Sunday night and they go through the finals are five o'clock p.m. on Saturday night the twenty eighth. Go to WinstonSalemOpen.com and you can get tickets. They're on sale and 
the uh, the sessions run uh, there's most every day except for Thursday and and I mean for Friday and Saturday at the end of the week there are usually two sessions a day a, a day session and a night session. Mm-hmm. Now this is what's so cool about that you heard me say that the young man that beat Roger Federer Herbert. yesterday his first name is uh, is Herbert or Huber Huber H U B Gothic or something mm-hmm. I, it is a I'm, I'm bad on the, I'm bad on the phonetics but young man from uh, I think he's Polish Poland. and uh, mm-hmm. he won the tournament last year and it was I mean in 2019 I'm sorry because we paused in 2020 yeah. but uh, he uh, he won and you got to know you're going to watch players play personally up close it's at Wake Forest University you're right there in front of everybody, and then you see them on TV a week later at the, at the U.S. <laughs> so, you know, you can really get very up close to the action, so you can see how the real tenant, the, the players that play professionally, not all of us, the rest of us, but the, the players that play professionally, you can really get the feel for, for how hard they're hitting that ball and, and how fast they move. And it, you know, I'm, I make, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of neat when I, when the when golf, you know, the PGA Tour comes to the Wyndham, or when they come, it, it, or it comes to you know the U.S. Open comes to the Pinehurst to watch actually how far those players hit their drive and how they hit the ball. Well, this is the same thing. This is this is just those great players that are going to play in New York a week later are going to be playing right here at Wake Forest University at the end of August. Tickets are on sale. We've already had a really burst, a good burst of of uh, ticket sales and there's plenty of opportunity. There's a lot of special events that go on that week. We uh, we run Kids Day uh, Saturday the 21st. Uh, that is for kids locally. We're actually going to do it. It's so exciting. Uh, we're going to do it on the on Truist Field at the Truist Stadium. Oh we're wow! Yeah, we've never done it there before. We've always done it indoors, but we're going to do it outside because we're trying to continue to keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna gonna transform Truist Field into a, uh, a tennis carnival extravaganza. Well, it's so always fun. So we to go, right? Yeah. And then uh, we've got a middle school and high school play day. We're going to do an adaptive day where we're going to have uh, folks that are, are playing uh, in wheelchair and also in with adaptive equipment. They'll be involved on, we'll have it, we're going to have a uh, a, a clinic for that will benefit earlier.org, which is a uh, oh yes organization right here in Greensboro mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that funds grants for earlier detection of breast cancer. Yes, uh, and we're going to have a couple of uh, of our junior development camps going on as well. Well, we really invite folks to come out. There's a lot of other activities going on, not just what we do, but we work hard to to make it a good fun week mm-hmm. to enjoy just good you know just the good late summer nights and uh, and a lot of good tennis and I think there's uh, there'll probably be a you know a beer or two over there as well. So <laughs> just really invite you to come over and socialize and enjoy the sport. Yeah, it's always a fun time down at the Western Salem Hope, and a lot of people enjoy going there because it's it's tennis, but it's just seeing friends, meeting new friends, and it's just exciting. The energy there is always great. Very much so. Yeah, yep. yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, Kelly, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, I, I think we've hit most everything, <laughs> but I just, I just want to say, Cleo, we you know we got to get you back on the court and you know, <laughs> get a pair of those tape with also. Maybe not go flip flops, but you know my message is just you know tennis is for everyone. 
there is a way for everybody to play. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such a, you know, I, I won't you know go back into my, my deal, but, you know, the sport just does bring happiness to so many people. So I would just invite everybody out to, to hit a ball, even if it's at least once, uh, at least say you've done it. That's right. That's right. Well, where can listeners follow you and USTA NC online? Well, we are at nctennis.com, mm-hmm. and we really invite folks to come. We're also uh, USTA North Carolina on Facebook and Twitter and Insta, and uh, we are very much out there. We would love for folks to, uh, I don't know, like us, tweet us, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> keep up with all that we have going on. We have a terrific communications team that that keeps those sites updated and, and uh, full of the, all the activities that we do across the state. Awesome. Awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. I felt like we were sitting in the store on the bench just having a conversation this whole time. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just great, Cleo. Thank you. You're so easy and wonderful to talk to as well and so welcoming. Thanks for doing this for women. Absolutely. Uh, this is really great. Thank it's you, It's definitely Cleo. a necessity. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure. I get to talk to people like you. Um, and then I think people can relate better when it's people that they know the name, hear the name, see the face. So I thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. As always, please follow us. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to like and rate us. We'll see you next time.